technicians of Spaceship Earth, welcome aboard. This is a new podcast called Hawk Binge, a Hawkwind podcast, and as far as we know, the only Hawkwind podcast. Now, there are lots of great music band podcasts out there. I subscribe to a number of them, some really good ones. We have a very distinct angle that we're taking on ours as we run through the entire Hawkwind discography from start to finish. And we just wanted to take this opportunity to introduce ourselves a little bit so you've got some context as to where our opinions on this Hawkwind music is coming from and tell you a little bit about the various things that we're looking to do. As for the we I mentioned, that's me, Andy. I'm a long-time Hawkwind appreciator. I got into them in my early teens back in the 1980s. I have all the albums, mostly on vinyl. Seen them plenty of times over the years. Kind of gone in and out of them, but on the whole, it's fair to say I'm very, very familiar with this music. And Matt in the States. Hello, Matt. And how many Hawkwind albums have you heard? Hi, Andy. I can honestly say that I don't think I have heard a single Hawkwind album in my time listening to music. And you listen to a lot of music? Yes. I think that silence is an aberration. And as many seconds of your existence listening to music can only be a good thing for your soul. Outstanding. Well said. And you're about to have about 35 albums worth of non-silence coming your way over the next few months. Um, So this is kind of unique, right? Because usually if you're getting into a new album, you kind of get hold of the best one or the established one, and then you work outward from there, wherever that album is in the career. It's quite novel to start at the very beginning and then work your way through them. And most really long-standing successful bands, you'll have some songs in the public consciousness. You'll just know one or two songs. You know what you're getting into. But that's not really the case here, is it? It's not, no. I did have a look without cheating when we started talking about doing this podcast and I went to see just on Apple Music what the most listened to song was to give myself just a little bit of a a kind of memory jog to see if there was anything and the most played track was called Silver Machine, which I'm pretty sure has been on quite a few car ads when I was a kid. I kind of had it in my brain that I've definitely heard that before, but I quickly scrubbed through the second and third most played and had never heard them before. So this is really the angle that we talked about with this podcast is Matt coming along this journey, uh, starting out with the first album and then tracing this musical journey and getting into it along the way, which is actually what someone would have had to do over a 50 year period if they'd begun by buying that first album in the year it came out and then just kept buying them as we go. Matt's going to undergo this journey over the period of a few months rather than 50 years, but that's an interesting one to trace and quite risky because we could easily get five episodes in and I can imagine you telling me that you just can't take any more Hawkwind. But although although you don't know the albums, this won't actually be your first experience of Hawkwind because I dragged you along to a couple of gigs. Do you remember those? I do, yeah. I remember that we saw them once in Brighton and once in London. The London gig was the most recent album, I think, that they did. I can't remember what it was called. Yeah, a couple of albums ago. Uh, 2016, I think, we saw them in London. So, yeah, it would have been The Machine Stops, which is a couple of albums ago. But, yeah, pretty recent. They've done more since The Machine Stops? Yeah, they have. Oh, okay. Right. So this is going to be a much longer podcast than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. The good, one of the great things with Hawkwind as a, as a band who've been going 50 years is that they keep 
going into the studio and recording new music. We're not, this is not uh, the Eagles, basically, or, or Sabbath doing 15 years worth of touring, basically, without releasing anything new. So, yeah, you have your work cut out for you, for sure. And the other one that we saw was in Brighton a couple of years before, which was the tour they did for the reissue of Warrior on the Edge of Time. I remember those two gigs being very, very different. One in a in a very low-key Brighton venue that was, I don't know, maybe two-thirds full and just it felt rather obligatory. And then the Machine Stops tour was in Islington Academy and was packed and had a lot more energy to it. So you've definitely seen two very different performances of Hawkwind. Uh, sure. The one thing that I do remember the the through line between them was the level of theatrics i think for the machine stops they'd actually done quite a lot of specialized art to project onto the walls and i think in the brighton show they even had people like wandering around dressed as weird things that weren't actually yes. i don't know if they were part of the band or whether or not they were just hired but they were they were there to add flavor for sure Yep, they had the dancers for sure. And talking of gigs, this is very much how you and I became friends. What I think it's about maybe 15 years ago now, right? We just found ourselves going to a lot of gigs. Yeah, so we started working together. I just joined the agency that you were very much part of. I joined in 2006. I don't think we met much because that was like the tail end of 2006. But I, I don't remember how we got to talking, but we got to talking on the steps, either going into or going out of work. And I think you mentioned that you were going to see someone and I vaguely remembered them. And then you said that, oh, they're part of this. And I knew one part of that other band or something like that. And we started talking. And I know we come from rather different backgrounds. My background is much more or has been very much electronic, quite contemporary. I kind of run the whole spectrum of electronic music, I feel, from you know, very long synth-based soundscapey things all the way through to the kind of ear-bleeding techno. I enjoy that whole range. But um, I know that your sensibilities are a little bit more actual instrument-based. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, all of us have a a pretty broad range, but the core, I would guess, of my music probably begins with classic Black Sabbath, basically, and now includes bands like Sun, uh, and you throw in a lot of more eclectic things, Frank Zappa, and there's some jazz, and there's some various other bits and pieces, and you've definitely brought me closer to some of the electronic stuff. We've been to see uh, Tim Hecker and uh, Andy Start and people like this. I think the one thing that drew us together was the idea of seeing it live. Yes, absolutely. I think we started calling them cultural exchanges, where you would invite me to see something live, and I would invite you to see something live, and that was the thing, because there's a different appreciation of music when you see it live even if you're not really feeling it you can get into it for an hour or you can check out the vibe or the ambience or have a drink or you know there's normally something that will draw you in i don't think there's many things we've ever really gone to and come out saying i wasted an evening yeah no absolutely and there's been a number of discoveries along the way and talking of that desert fest in london which was a fairly major discovery for us and the first desert fest you remember that I do. I think Desert Fest was a a real eye-opener for me and maybe for us, insofar as I was aware of rock music and metal music, and there was a lot of it that I wasn't a huge fan of because of either the speed or the kind of screaminess. I'm not a big vocal guy. I feel like if there's vocals, they really need to mean something to me. But 
Desert Fest took everything that I liked about the genre and just dialed it up to 11. It was all about the riffs. The speed was slow and plodding, which I enjoy a good kind of head knob vibe to that. It had that kind of detuned can just dissolve into soundscapey weirdness, but then you can pull it back into something more chordy and melodic. If there were vocals, they were normally more atmospheric than leading the whole thing. The whole thing was was incredible. My knowledge of this genre and the bands in it went from zero to about 50 in a weekend, which is massively exciting when you are always looking for new music and new ways to hear people express themselves. Yeah, absolutely. It was it, it was an interesting discovery because there was so much about Desert Fest and Desert Scene. I remember there being a description of it that it was stoner psych doom sludge, which had a lot of the psychedelic element in there as well. There's so much of it that just seemed to be born out of a clash of early Black Sabbath and early Hawkwind. They'd like this heavy, slow Sabbathy thing combined with a lot of atmospheric spacey stuff basically all brought together a lot of bands and there's now been 10 years of this i've been to all of the london desert fests you've come to all of the ones you've been in the country for i think you've already seen one in berlin right yeah so the berlin and the london one are at the same time and there was several years when i was out in berlin when you were in london and we missed those however we did make it up by going to the one in antwerp yes the same year that we went to roadburn and we've also been to the Psycho Festival in, in Las Vegas. So this Desert Fest scene, if you like, this uh, psych, doom, stoner, sludge thing that has really seems to have exploded, which is fantastic. The Sludge Weekender is a whole new thing in our lifetimes, I think. Absolutely. And that's kind of why I, I feel that Hawkwind is quite a, a safe bet i think you will find plenty to like in hawkwind because it is so much of an inspiration for a lot of this stuff that we're now going to see and i'm excited to do this chronologically like you said because it does add to the story of a band's discovery and i'm interested to see where they started where they've got to obviously me seeing what they're up to in 2016 and them starting in 1970 means that i have a lot to catch up on but even just having that little flash forward is going to be interesting to see how they've evolved and whether or not there are certain milestones where you can definitely see they've pivoted or whether or not they go in different directions. I feel like there's going to be a whole bunch of that. And I feel like your knowledge of that is going to be as interesting to hear as checking out the music as well. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting for me too. I, like, I'm very familiar with all of these albums. I, I could name the tracks on all of them, but there are a good number of them that I haven't played in a very long time despite them being albums that I would say that I really love. They just I've just gone into different directions, gone into different things, and then just realized these albums are sitting there. So there are some that I do get out and play fairly regularly, but there's a number in here that we're going to come to that I won't have heard for a long time. It'll be interesting to see whether all the different music that, that I've been exposed to and got into over the last 20, 30 years has impacted what I think of these tracks, uh, basically, and whether I still love them like I used to, whether I prefer them now, whether I've got more exposed to them or not, it will be really interesting for me to see as well. So that's a little bit about us. Uh, I hope that helps give a little bit of context for the opinions that we're going to end up sharing about all of this music, because it's all very, very subjective, and, and we're only be able to talk about how the music 
resonates with us rather than, you know, objectively if this is good or bad. So that's where we come from. There's some other contexts that we'll also go through. It's interesting in hearing this music to understand what environment it was released into. So what other albums were coming out? What were people listening to? What was fashionable when these albums were released? I think that's an interesting one uh, as well from a context point of view. Yes, and because one cannot live on Hawkwind alone, we will also be incorporating that into our weekly listening. And we want to share at the start of every episode some of the things which have also been on our turntables, just to give a little context around where our heads are at and what's going on. So when we start applying our thinking to the album, everyone else can have a listen along with what we've been listening to, to get an idea of the state of play in our brains. And we will be incorporating our favourite Hawkwind tracks du jour into our Hawkbinge Spotify playlists, which we will incorporate with the tracks that we've also been listening to, to create an interesting playlist which will span time and genre and everything, and hopefully be the kind of playlist you can put on when you really need to wind your house party up and make everyone go home. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to see the blend of the tracks we like from the Hawkwind albums combined with selected tracks from other albums we're just playing at the same time. It's going to be interesting to see what that's like when you put all that together. I think it's going to be interesting to see how the Hawkwind albums also might change the things we listen to during the week, because obviously smashing something very strange into that is going to be a buzzkill. So keeping the playlist in a kind of purity will be an interesting effect on both sides, both yeah. on Hawkwind and on everything else. Absolutely. So those are the Hawkbinge Sessions playlists that will be on Spotify, and we'll be releasing those every three or four episodes. The other playlist that we'll be releasing on Spotify is our master playlist, which will be comprised of Matt's featured track from that episode's featured album. This is really his journey through Hawkwind's musical history. I have my favourites, but I'm really intrigued to see what Matt picks, not having any bias or outside influence. Obviously, I know what the famous tracks are on each album, and Matt doesn't. So this is a playlist that will build over time, and we'll probably release the first build of that after three or four episodes, and then we'll just keep adding to it as we go. We'd like to hear from you as well. It would be amazing if you were to join us on this journey and play the album that we're featuring along and, and share your views on it with us. Or even better, introduce someone new to the music of Hawkwind and have them follow along with Matt. So if you want to elevate this podcast into an interactive experience, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at HawkBinge. And if you want to send us something a bit more long form, you can email us at podcast at hawkbinge.space. Excellent. And everybody loves a bit of pedantry. So if you think we've got something badly wrong or made some schoolboy error, then feel free to let us know. That's likely to happen. We're not planning on doing an awful lot of research for this. And I wonder whether or not Mike get out of jail free card of not knowing anything, how long that's going to carry on for. I claim at least three episodes before I start feeling like I should know better. Um, yeah, I don't have that excuse. My excuse is that I'm really busy and this is less about the, the, the history of the band and its politics and its comings and goings. And it's more just really about our feel for the music. So I potentially may well be throwing in some facts in inverted commas, which are actually not facts. Uh, we're well used to this in the world right now, but if you want to catch me up on it, then, then you are more than welcome. So 
it's really going to be interesting to follow Matt Stioni on here as it's all new to him each time. But that is also the case that we're interested in seeing how that compares to the opinions of Hawkwind fandom. So there are a couple of sources that we will reference just to see how our opinions match up. One of those is a new book from Joe Banks, which is Days of the Underground, which is an epic book. Read a few chapters of it, but need to do more. It's really cool. And another one, which is called Sonic Assassins by Ian Abrahams. One that we'll definitely be referring to is a book by Elric Newby called Hawkwind Fans Worldwide Facebook Top 40 Albums. Um, And what Elric did here was to create a load of polls on Facebook with a very large Hawkwind fan base there and then generate this top 40 chart of everyone's favorite albums. It'd be interesting to see where the albums land in there compared to what we're thinking of them. Another reason to feature this is that I am partially responsible for the existence of this book because Elric did all these polls on Facebook. I didn't see the polls, but I saw the results and suggested to Elric that if this was a book, I would buy it. And so I'm, <laughs> and so I, I am mentioned... I am mentioned in the foreword of this book, and uh, he did make the book, and I did buy it. So I'm, a, I'm definitely a man of my word. And there is another book which I have, which is called Hawkwind Every Album, Every Song by Duncan Harris, which is literally him giving his opinion of all of them. So just in a, in a range of looking for a few other opinions to uh, compare ourselves to, there's a few things out there that we'll throw in from time to time. So Matt, that's about it. We have 35 or so albums to listen to. How do you feel? I feel good. I feel ready. I like the idea that we are traveling towards the now after going a whole bunch of sonic introspection. I've always been interested in where the kind of music that I enjoy listening to now from Desert Fest has come from. I haven't ever really had the opportunity to do a lot of research myself about this, so I'm actually genuinely interested to see what my reactions to this is going to be and whether or not I reflect other people's experiences or whether or not mine is completely different. Being such a new ear to all this, but someone who I would say is very open to exploring all avenues of music. So I think this is going to be a a fun, a fun journey and, um, it's going to be interesting to see how many albums Hawkwind release while we make this to see whether or not <laughs> to see whether whether or not it might be that this podcast never ends. It might be they start making them faster than we can listen to them, but we'll see. I'm, I'm exactly. happy for the 35. I might have to bow out after that one. We'll see. <laughs> Which of us will survive the longest? They are a very fun band. There's a lot of craziness involved. So here we are standing on the runway waiting for takeoff, a reference that Matt will get in about three episodes time. We hope we get that far, and we hope you will join us for the ride.